The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by a AmomentWithMorris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z dot com. I'm Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. We are bringing in the newest episode of the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. Where we come together, get together, stand before the congregation and talk about what's happening out here in the life, out here in the traffic, out here in these streets. In these cold, cold, cold streets. Cold out here, even going into the cuffing season. Well, it's not really... Too cold right now, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, going. It's cold out here. It's cold. It's always cold in these streets. Taking it into episode number eighty-eight. Booyah! Hit you with that Tony Gonzalez. Uh, Michael Irving. Hit you with that Michael Irving, the, the playmaker. <laughs> the playmaker. I only said Tony because he went to Cal. <laughs> yeah, you like you're one of those Cal guys. Yeah, and uh, so you know, we like to highlight what's going on out here in our history, changing our narrative, not even necessarily just changing it, but setting it. A moment of excellence with Jermaine Morris. So this comes from a discussion I had with some friends. And I had made this point and they thought that I was crazy. And then I'm going to throw it to you and see how you feel about this. So this is a group of individuals who, who came together. And we had discussed one of the members previously. But I don't think that the group as a collective gets a, a nod. Because I had made the argument that this is one of the most successful R&B funk groups of all time. Mm-hmm. And I was told that I was crazy. And then when I was like breaking it down to him, I was like, because when we say that, we always talk like new edition or just say the Jackson five. But really, that was just Michael. <laughs> it was Michael and some substitute teachers. Facts. Uh, but so for this group, uh, they were originally known as the original seven. And they are known for creating a sound which blended soul, dance, funk and rock and roll. In an era where that wasn't the case. They were all about live instruments, harmonies. They were about, you know, party music and getting stuff together. They've had um, several members of the group who went on to do phenomenal things. So that's why New Edition gets the nod, because you talk about when you break them apart individually, all the, the success that they had, Bobby Brown's individual success, Johnny Gill's individual success, BBD, uh, even Ralph Tresvant was, was a man with sensitivity. You need a man. <laughs> With okay, yeah, he was, he was he was even a stone cold gentleman. Yeah, that was that. <laughs> he was a stone cold gentleman. So this group, as a group, sold you know maybe a million copies. Collectively, two hundred and fifty million. So as a group, you bring an NSYNC on our, our nah, stage nah. right now. So the, as as a group, these guys don't really get that much credit. As a culture, we give them a head nod and we look at them. But I just wanted to highlight these guys for what they did individually. Members of the group you may have heard of, other ones you may not. They came out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and created what is known as the Minneapolis Sound. Uh, Saint Paul Roberson, who was he played with the Steve Miller Band, a bunch of other groups. Jesse Johnson, who was just a beast on the guitar. Uh, Jerome Benton, who was more so known for his personality than in anything else. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Mm. Prince. Mm. And Morris Day. Shout out one time to the time. Oh, really? And why when I like them is because as the time as a group, they kind of get thrown into discussion. Yeah. But Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis... Or, the, or, or what brought you the SOS band? Mm. 
is what brought you Janet the way that you know Janet. SOS band was that movement. Did it. And the work they did with TLC, with Earth, Wind, and Fire, Johnny Gill, Mariah Carey, Boys to Men. They brought so many hits that most people don't know there was a task to. Shaka Khan, like a lot of hits for over 30, 40 years. Prince is the one who gets the most shine mm-hmm. for what he did as an individual. But pe- people think at the time, they think of Morris Day. In, in, in you know the, the hair and the suits and the yeah. you know oak tree jerk out jungle love, but I oh, think e, oh, e, oh. but what I think is important is, is is to show that as we can have you got guys who were like Prince who was a, an individual and a standout who was great, you got Morris Day who was flashy and a personality that most of us you know remember if you remember of the era. You had Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis who were just beasts. Yeah. And went out there and just got it. And you got Journeyman. He's like Jesse Johnson, all those guys who played music and were just giants and what they did as individuals. And I think sometimes as, as a collect, we're running with people, we get in groups, and sometimes we're not necessarily overshadowed by the group, but we, we sometimes we need to go out on our own to, to really tap into how great we are. Yeah. And, and so I just wanted to give them a nod because, you know, though a fan of what they did as a collective and they only get highlighted as an individual. They still started together. Mm. And if you ever ask them, they're all still the time. Okay. They treated Prince like he was a member of the time. Yeah. Prince was never Prince. You know, Prince was, if you ask Morris Day and Eminem, they talked to him like they was just on the basketball court back when they was in high school. Mm. You know, and they, they, that, that camaraderie slash beef, the rivalries that went on, I just think that uh, I would love to see a time moving. Like when they do these would, biopics that would, that would and be, stuff, that would be dope. That'd you know, be dope. The, it would be you know pre Purple Rain, and <laughs> what they look like. But I just thought that was a group of where I saw a bunch of dudes who had an insane amount of talent, and they weren't always rushing to the forefront to show their talent. Like most people know what Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis looked like because when they were playing in the band for some of Janet's videos, yeah. for the Control video or for something like that. But uh, just, just, just we do so many great things, and. Some of us don't ever make, you know, we don't make it about us. Yeah. We got we got people who are phenomenal at what they do and they spend their career for the greater good mm-hmm. or for or helping somebody else elevate or helping somebody else get to what they're trying to get to. And I think it's just important to give a head nod to them to the, the folks out there. too. Yes, sir. You know? I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. Lots happen out here since we, you know, since we get together. Yeah, man. Too much. You know, a lot of personal things, you know, I done screwed up. My toe, but it's all good. I'm back on effects. You know what I mean? I was out for a little bit. Did you sprang it? Ah, okay. man, I just uh, ingrown toenail type shit. You the third person I've heard of in the last two weeks. Crazy, bro. Like, I didn't even know how important your toe was until I found out how important your toe was. Like, re- I mean, real shit. I was like two weeks before, and I'm the type of dude that you gotta, I gotta be damn near dead dying before you bring me to the doctors at the hospital because I just, you know, they just do so much. Um, unfortunate things. I just hear so many stories. Someone was like, "Well, I had a funny t- time breathing," and they go to the hospital two days later. They're dead. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I always try to do what I can do with all of the natural remedies. But this wasn't going nowhere, and it just kept on getting worse and worse. And my daughter's like, "Dude, you if you want to keep that toe, yeah, 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 then, <laughs> big you know toe, saying? exactly, my big toe." And then shouts out to MJ. Um, connected me with her people at this little um, facility. Ten dollars got in. They took it out, and you know, kind of had a bandage. Sat down. When you are so busy moving and grooving the way that I do, 
sitting down for two days, even though you need to do it, because yeah. a lot of times we don't, it's almost, I cannot imagine myself being locked up. Like, I was talking oh, to my young, in a little room you know what I'm saying, I was talking a, to my youngsters. 23 hours out the day. Bro, just, I was talking to one of my youngsters just the other day, and I said, there is no way, no way you want to be anywhere in a place that locks you down for about 23 hours out the day, where you can only take a shower um, once or, or, or twice a week, where you have to be in the same cell where someone takes a shit. And you know how, like, when you take a shit, I know I'm being real graphic, you can walk out that bathroom, close the door, spray your air freshener, put go your about your life. And go, <laughs> you go about your life and not even worry about that, but you gotta stay right there. And at the end of the day... And it's worse, it's somebody else doing it, too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, there's no chicks besides the CEOs that walk around. There's no chicks in, in fucking prison and jail. It's like, that's a place... That I continue to say I don't want to be. So I say this to say that you know you really are aware of your freedom, and when you are kind of disabled in a in a sense, which I was for a little bit, and told to be said, you got to sit it out if you want to really heal it properly. You know, you can we can do a lot of stuff because it's beautiful. We can get on the, the the line and do a lot of the work that we do. But when you want to get up and go, and you can't get up and go. That shit was hard for me. And I cannot imagine being in cell block two, three, four, five with with Bobo Johnson, you know what I mean? Yeah. And being told what to do daily. That shit's crazy. Sleeping with your, your face next to the toilet. You don't know if it's no, no, I mean, I'm just saying, though. No, like, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Just... It's like no comfortable pillows, uh, no comfortable comforter, no comfortable bed. I know, me. I'm not built for prison. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't no visit you at the time. I, I can't call people when I want. I had no part of me wants no part of that. And I think that sometimes, you know, when we think about how we celebrate ignorance and how we embrace the culture of, of, of prison life, jail yeah. life, whatever, like how it's like, yo, right. yo, I did... 12 years in Attica or yo yo bro you know you don't even know how real it is because you know I'm 10 years in Rikers B 10 years in, it's like to me like yo you are a 12 year and a 10 year idiot to me at yeah, times like, I, I, you right I don't know nothing about that I, 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 and, and, and the way we glorify the the person that is in the lockup or, or, or sat there in a sentence and did his time and, and I'm not advocating about folks snitching and doing all that but to me it's like, I think we should celebrate more of the people that never went in. Like, you know what I'm saying? Especially the ones you that ain't have never done, the done nothing. You don't and, know nothing about Exactly, right, right? You don't know what you're talking about. You know about. what I'm saying? Like, we should celebrate the ones that dodged it like it was playing dodgeball and never went in because Lord knows that I was always two steps ahead and one foot in going oh, into place. You just square. You ain't never done, you ain't never put yeah. in no work out here. I you know. ain't never do all this. A badge of armor honor should not be going to prison or going to jail, dog. I'm no. telling all my young people listening, all the folks, and this is not knocking folks who've had to do time. Salute to the soldiers that's locked in and getting out, because I've had plenty of them that have. But they all tell me ain't nothing there. It's not and and, and also keeping with that is the folks out there, because we do recognize it, the 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 system for what it is. Like the 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 shadiness and the nonsense that that goes on. That there are a lot of people who are who are locked up who shouldn't be, um, and there's a, some who should. Like like let's not act like there's some folks out there. Everybody didn't get a raw deal. Mm -hmm. Like I remember going to jail because I wouldn't shut up. 
apparently I didn't know how to close my mouth dealing with a law enforcement officer on a given night. And so I had to, they decided to put me on timeout. Uh, and so I understand how you can get there without breaking the law, mm-hmm. but it, it's and, and in my experience, that's what I was like. This thing for me, I'm, I'm cool. Uh, but this need to to what we glorify, mm-hmm. what we hoist up, wh- what we think is important, like the the need for you know that you got to earn your stripes in the street, mm-hmm. like it's. Maybe because I come off as the old dude or, or, or whatever. Like, it just sounds crazy to me. And maybe it's because, you know, I, I grew up in, a, in an area where the person who was going to jail or the person who was committing crimes, that was like the leper of the community. Yeah. Like, that wasn't the dude who was like, you know, oh, I want to be like him. That was the dude where, see what will happen to you if you don't, yeah. you know, that, that is, that's going to be you out there. That's going to be you sitting out there on a the corner. Yeah. That's going to be you getting arrested. Go to school, you know, listen to you. And, you know, when we tell you to do something, this is why, like, we didn't grow up in an environment or an area that glorified the hustler, that glorified the gangster, that glorified the gangbanger. Gangs didn't really come around to where I lived until going into the early 90s. And I think by then, I was old enough to have already formulated a good base. Mm-hmm. You know, so it wasn't something that was influencing me those were just kind of like the people over there you know um but i i don't know i think we'll we, we these influences that we get the movies that we watch the, the tv shows that we have all the stuff that puts these images and these this information in our head also in that time period in the 80s we had you know family sitcoms yeah we did we had you know family movies going in the same area the early 90s where yeah. i would sit there and see you know gang influence starting to show up on tv or show up balance in front brother. of me i had a different world ba- balance School days, you know, um, family matters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's balanced. And I think that's what we have no longer been able to kind of fall back into is that balance where it was a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And it really showed us in a whole lot a different light compared to just showing us in one light. And that's why. You know, you have artists like Takashi Six Nine, right? Who, for those who need an update, he done sang like a bird. Yeah, I said he's gonna be home by Christmas. Yeah, I remember when all you, this stuff yeah, happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said he's gonna be home by Christmas. Right. Let's just just, just to give <laughs> update I, and the things because we haven't been on the show um, because we've been doing no, numerous different things. So, okay. shouts out to all the people that stay, you know, hitting us up asking me like, "Yo, when's the show coming back? What y'all doing? Did y'all break up? We will never break up. This is my brother for life." He was doing this thing. I've been doing my thing. And our schedules have been like convoluted. You know, this dude's been doing more traveling than me. So I can't even talk about it. It's my travel schedule. But as he travels and I've been doing a lot of groundwork um, just to make sure that things are in place. Uh, we can't do the show at the times we want to. Right. Mm-hmm. So as we talked about Takashi 69, the young bull uh, that came out. Harder than a rock was a fraudulent uh, individual. You CB4. and I, CB4, like a motherfucker, the rainbow gangster or the the clout chaser. You and I talked about how um, re, uh, perpetuating this dude and his fuckery it really exposes so many different things about us as a culture. But how does a person like this become a culture vulture in our culture and does so much damage and then turn around? As everyone should know at this particular time, because it's been you know national news, and I know it's old, but I just wanted to. It, 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 it speaks to volumes on what we're going to be talking about is how he snitched and ratted on everybody. But then you come to find out there were more rats than just him. And then the people that were really solid, like his manager, who stood up 
and salute to Shadi, who I really have seen in a different light. Even though he was the OG that should have thought better and should have been smarter, um, the levels of his stand up because he's chosen that life was not to really break and say, you know what? I'm going to rat on this because he could have easily done that yeah. because in some of the, the, the stuff I've been so fascinated by just listening to it all day because it's 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 just like everything black people touch and we're not careful with and let other people get it into other the wrong hands of other people. It just dissolves. It falls apart. So um, them being in the same crew, there were already a federal indictment with some of the guys that end up robbing Takashi Six Nine, yeah. and what and the, one of the major informants of Takashi Six Nine was his driver that recorded him actually being kidnapped. So the lie that he spoke upon about he got robbed was literally he got robbed by people he knew. Um, the individuals that he that he himself. Snitched on because be careful what you say that Takashi Six Nine brought brought down the whole tradeway. No, it was actually other individuals that were informants working with the feds. It was also uh, a former police officer in NYPD that was involved in some of the drug trafficking. Yeah. The shit was deep. Yeah. That the guys that ended up kidnapping him, they ended up pretty much getting a life sentence. And with Takashi Six Nine, because of what he's done, he's now been told to me waiting to sign a $10 million record deal yep. as well as saying he doesn't want to live the life under siege where he would be uh, wished away as um, a Johnny Brasco. Yeah, witness relocation program. Ri witness relocation. Tattoos off your face. He wants to be out in the streets. He wants to get money. So I feel like this culture, as we talked about it in one of our last episodes about clout chasing and street cred, clout chasing is a lot more heavier than street cred would ever be. Because how does a man who snitches on individuals, regardless of how it played out, regardless of they were trying to kill him, he chose this life. He did a lot more than just sit back and just become a victim. He was... Definitely a shot caller in a lot of the things that they did. How does a man can sit there and do what he did and really have confidently say, I'm ready to get out sooner as well as have a record deal and as well as act as if he ain't going to get a target on his head. I don't understand. And look at this. He's the one non-black dude that came up in the crew who when all this stuff goes down, uh, all the black dudes around him are going to prison yeah. and he the one dude that's not. Yeah. Like he the one dude that's getting a check yeah. and, and trying to come out and, and get his Duval on and live his best life. Yeah. And I mean, I was, I remember it was like I remember when they got busted. I said this dude's gonna tell, and they were like, okay, well, what's the stipulation? You got to give up ten names and get ten convictions. Yeah. You everybody everybody you snitch on, we got to be able to make it stick, and you can go home. Mm -hmm. And he got to singing on on some <laughs> Lenny Williams. And I, 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 I'm snitching. Yeah. And he just sat there and he told on whoever he needed to tell on. And, and, and he, you know, was it sorry, Negro, I'm trying to come home. Yeah. Yeah. He, he straight uh, got his got his snitch on. And my thing is, is he going to be embraced? Culturally, is he going to be embraced? Yeah, it's because these kids don't care about that. That's crazy. Because what here's the thing about him. He not only will he be embraced, he'll be bigger than he was before. Because when he comes out, he will be the epitome of I beat the system. I beat these gangsters. 
I beat the federal government. I beat all these detours. They're trying to give me 50, 60 years. And I came out and got paid. And what he needs to get is exactly what he deserves. And I ain't saying what I'm saying, yeah. but I'm saying what I'm saying. Yeah, but he, it has to, like, if he walks back. Oh, he's going to be the OJ of no, this no, generation. No, 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 no. If he walks back and is able to do business as usual. Yeah. And make hits. I'm not saying that he won't try. Yeah. But if it's like charting, if it's like boom, I understand the fascination of everybody paying attention to the interviews. I get that because I'm gonna tune in. I want to hear what this little motherfucker got to say, right? Yeah. And dissect it, and we'll talk about it here on our um say something podcast. But if he turns around and he wins the victory, the victory, and I got all my fans back. And I'm more relevant than I've ever been. This is going to speak volumes yeah. to where this hip hop industry has become and where we've gotten to. And it will speak volumes to what we are allowing ourselves to consume. And if we're allowing ourselves to consume bullshit like that, I'm just done with hip hop. Oh, oh he'll yeah. be the troll of the century. Bro, it can't happen. Because it, it, I'm, I'm just like looking it at him. What happen, it, this is the man. dude who is trolling everybody, all that. You get busted by the federal government and you got, you're, they're trying to give you speed limit years. Yeah. And freeway, interstate, yeah. interstate freeway years. And you walk away. With a check, bro. You were the troll of the century. You, there will not be somebody who beat the system like this since OJ. Mm. He will be this generation's OJ Simpson. They will have to revamp and retool and relook at how well, they OJ never snitched on. No, but I'm talking about how people felt about how somebody who there's no way you should be out got out. Mm -hmm. Like, like the, the outrage that all them folks had. Like, like he's killer. He needs to be like that's that's Takashi's gonna be this this generation's OJ. They will mark this in this, in in he beat the streets and the law. Mm -hmm. he, yeah, he he gonna be out there because I, I think that these representations are 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 they matter because these kids there's he got a following. I honestly couldn't tell you one uh, Takashi Six Nine song. I don't know the name of one song he's done. Um, I couldn't I couldn't spit no Takashi bars like I, I just I, I, I just don't know him, uh, but he's got a cult following of people behind him who, who are riding for him. And he'll he'll be welcomed back into the graces of those people because they don't care about that stuff anyway. Well, I mean, I guess he, I mean, I guess he will be um, embraced, but he should not be able to make any money. He should not be relevant. He's going to get his talk radio. He'll be having his appearances because people will be. um interested right um to hear the story i'm interested to hear and i want to feel and hear what he has to say if he's going to come off with this gangster bravado because we know it's not real i want to hear what his mindset was i it, it's going to be fascinating to hear that but for him to get back if he gets a hot song though no. i don't give a fuck about no no no, that no, no, no 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 now you what's considered a hot song no no if he puts together something that if you didn't know who he was I don't, like, I don't like the dude's voice. No, but like I'm saying if, if he if he put together a song that if you didn't know it was him, not you, maybe not you specifically, but a uh -huh. song that for he ain't speaking to us. No. You know what I'm saying? He's not speaking to forty something Ryan's men. So for if he puts out a song that that fits the climate and the culture, that they're like, okay, did, did I, I, okay, and then it just happens to be him. <laughs> Let this little individual get chart. Get a Billboard award. Uh, that's gonna be crazy. Get a Grammy nod. That's gonna speak. That's gonna speak <laughs> volumes, dog. I mean, and I and like I said, anything can happen because until 
um, surviving R. Kelly folks are still into R. Kelly. And I'm saying even after seeing surviving R. Kelly, grown ass women were saying kidnap me, kidnap me, all the shit. So I'm saying the reality is a reality that we live in. But I believe that this is a whole different situation. Um, this dude was on the stands. This dude perpetuated a lifestyle that he really didn't know nothing about. He didn't want anything. He benefited off of it. Lives have been destroyed because I don't think that any of these individuals would have went down the way they went down if it wasn't all connected to Takashi really being the voice box of their terroristic acts. Yeah. Not saying that some things weren't going to happen, but that's street justice. Let the streets be the streets. But when you have a bozo to clown, silly ass, you know, I can't call him a Negro because, you know, he's Hispanic, but let's call him silly ass Negro for this day because he was hanging out with Negroes. Um, when you have him moving and still being able to benefit while others are being able to have serving hard time and now is going to make millions. If that's not a slap in the face, that's just as bad as Bryce Harper, who left uh, the Washington Nationals. To the Philadelphia Phillies, and right now the Washington Nationals are in the World Series, Kill. two games away from winning the World Series. Okay. It's gonna hurt. So, so, so take take. So this is an interesting way to look at it. So you take the Takashi dude who was CB4 in it, uh, to claiming all this dirt, to and, the then, fullest. and then doing some dirt himself. All of a sudden he gets pinched, and he decides that he's gonna start snitching. There was a person in in, in our uh, pop culture era yeah. who was not only he wasn't CB4 in it. Yeah who was just doing the most dirt on some ruthless stuff, whatever. And when he got popped, he started he, he started doing the exact same snitching. And we looked at this dude as like a gangster. Mm -hmm. How many folks wanted to be Nino Brown in the 90s? Ooh, everybody. Nino, take over to Carter. Nino, sing him a lullaby. Nino, cancel this. Like, the same Nino Brown. Yeah. Still as, soon, as soon as he got on the stand, yeah. though, look, Miss Charles. Yeah, it's bigger than Nino Brown. Yeah, I'm gonna take down everyone. Oh, 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 if I'm going to, it was the, it was the light skinned educated brother from the bank. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he got on the stand, he was pointing folk. He literally stood up and pointed dude out in the crowd and said it was him. He was saying I'm, I'm taking everybody down, and he snitched like Takashi like no other. But folks still wanted to be Nino. I and I think that because Nino Brown was a character that you love to hate, and then in reality. It, we saw the ruthless side of Nino. We knew that Nino was the one that built the Carter. We knew Nino got down, got busy. I mean, come on. This is the same character that you still love and that he literally, you thought he was trying to save the girl when you watch it. Like, wait a minute. Use that little this girl as a bulletproof was, vest. Yeah, use this girl <laughs> as a fucking, you know what I mean? A shield and shit. I just think that when you preference a Takashi 6 9 for all of the trolling, Nino wasn't a troll. He was about that life. And then when you look at this dude, like, dude, you fuck who the fuck are you? I think that's what makes it harder. Nina was Nino Brown was embraced. I don't even think we talk about that scene, which was very important. But a lot of snitches, Alpo, there's a lot of snitches, Alpo just got out, that have Done what they've done, but it been embraced. And maybe it would be different if Takashi Six Nine had some real true dirt, like did the dirt. Okay. That was a shot caller. It would be different. Would, but I believe his rainbow character was fraud from the beginning. Would it have been different if Takashi was black? Uh, no. and, 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 and what I mean by that is, is that we don't see ourselves in Takashi. Not at all. There are Not people. I. There are so many people 
Because, and I'm saying, I I love New Jack City as a movie. Yeah. Like just just I I I mean damn near yeah. quote this movie verbatim like just for, on so many levels. But but Nino Brown as a character was a piece of just. <laughs> but at <laughs> the trash. same time, but at the but, same time, you rec- some folks could relate. I don't think that with Takashi Six Nines, he was relatable. That's my he point. Was a clown. He was always a clown. But that's what Nino I'm saying. came off cool. So what I'm saying is, so if Takashi were black. And he, and he didn't have the rainbow hair and the different color. If Takashi was 50 Cent, because for a lot of their antics are the same. Mm-hmm. Takashi is a school is a student of 50 when it comes to trolling and all this extra stuff. So if, if, if the stories had been identical, except it was 50 Cent instead of Takashi. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, 50's like, you know, I ain't going to prison for none of y'all. Yeah. And I'm just going to snitch on whoever I need to snitch on. I'm going to be home by Christmas. Well, we feel the same. I mean, allegedly, Fifty Cent did snitch. Well, I'm saying, like, if I think that what it is is that Takashi, the Latino kid, corny as shit, no kind of nothing. There was no swagger to him. There's nothing. Fifty Cent, the Nino Browns, these other characters that uh, Alpo's, these other characters that have uh, been connected to snitching or some folks that have snitch or we know and even sammy the bull one of the greatest snitches of our time these guys were really who they were instead of alleged anything it was like their hands were dirty that was really in that lifestyle so i think that they get more of a pass than anything that's my point doesn't that make it worse though i don't don't know like it's one thing if you if you never did anything you weren't you didn't got no dirt there's no dirt on your hands you just been talking all this craziness Snitching is still in alignment because you wasn't about that life anyway. Yeah. Like, I'm not about to go to prison for some stuff I didn't do. Yeah. Like, I'm going to tell on all y'all because I, I didn't kill anybody. I wasn't moving weight. I wasn't hurting kids. I wasn't slapping up women. I wasn't. I didn't do none of that. So I'm not about to go down because that's how y'all wanted to live. I think if you're the dude who does have bodies in the ground, you 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 did all that. And then when it comes time for self-preservation, you just like, nah, that wasn't me. That was that was Rick. Now, that, that was Tony and Craig. That that to me is worse. Yeah. I would. I mean, because if you did all this dirt, now all of a sudden, when it's time to do some time, now you ain't about that life no more. To me, that's worse than a dude who wasn't never about that life and just stayed consistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that for me, I'm happy that when I was doing what I was doing, I never got put in a position to kind of say, "Hey, forty or take a few of these rugrats." That have done you dirty because the codes of the streets, there ain't no codes. And that's the difference of what it is today from now and when it was, when it was codes and when really we wouldn't even have a conversation about a snitch. Like literally we're talking about a snitch. Yeah. A snitch is getting more glorified than the guys that actually did the work, right? The snitch wouldn't even be an operating conversation because he wouldn't be operating, right? That's kind of like how it was back in the day. But my idea of how Brothers have been able to escape it. We talk about a fictional character. Again, he was a fictional character, Nino Brown. We also look at that like, well, shit, that was him being strategic because we believe in what Nino Brown did. These other guys, we believed and we seen the dirt. They were just being strategic in their strategy where with Takashi 69, it was just a lame being a lame and a lame doing some lame shit. It should be all the same relevantly, right? Because yeah. you went in and even T.I., Folks have put that that cloud over him because folks are saying, well, how the hell did you as a felon with all those military style weapons that you were uh, 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 
enforcing these weapons like you were about to have a, a freaking army brigade in Atlanta. Yeah. How do you get away from that? So there's all these convoluted stories of individuals, but I think that we embrace their cool and embrace some of their cred that they already have, where Takashi never had none of that shit. See, I guess maybe that's the weird thing. Like, so just for me personally, I don't have that uh, that uh, I don't know you call it respect or uh, admiration or like if you tell me you you got a a, a, a street life pass, yeah. I just charge it for what it is. Yeah. There's no, okay, well, you this or you that. To the same as if you told me, I ain't never done none of that, I'm, okay, that's the same too. Like, there's no, like, when I look at a Nino Brown, I'm like, I, I look at the movie, I look just character, and even though he's a fictional character, there's, there's Nino Browns walking around the face of the earth, you know, who, who either in some part or a majority of the things that were, he was involved with, they, they do. You the dude that said shoot the old man because he got out of pocket. You the dude that held a little girl up to protect yourself. You the dude that you know canceled his broad, shot the homie in you know point blank range. Told I'm on the run, G. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my brother's keeper. Yeah. You know, they like you that dude. Okay, um, I don't, I don't give you respect for snitching to save yourself because I didn't have respect for you for the other stuff you did. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and and I think that just maybe goes to 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 influence and goes to, you know, what we find important and what characteristics we draw to. Like in this generation now, trolling is a badge of honor. If you can get under somebody's skin, if you can get at somebody, and and, and you 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 strike that little nerve, yeah. You know, oh that that's a win. Trolling can get you killed. Cloud chasing can get yeah. you wins. But in this generation, a successful troll attempt is a win. And that was like actually six nine. Yeah, like I don't know you, you don't know me, but I'm gonna say some stuff to you to get you in your feelings and hopefully get you out your character. That's a win. And then the thing about it is, before back in our days, you would have to confront that person. Yeah, you now, couldn't. You couldn't internet from five thousand yeah, miles away. Yeah, now it's and, just, and that's why it's become a very dangerous culture because I have had a lot more people dislike me, not because they knew me, but because of what I said on social media. Yeah. And then when they finally meet me, it's different, right? Or because of what I said and someone was turned off from what I said, that person would kind of like, yeah, I don't like that dude, but never have met me yeah, at all. Yeah, I heard him say something about this and then because of some just out of context, just two, I heard two so, sentences he said one time and that must be who he is. Don't matter how much we have done the right thing or doing the right stuff for my family, our community, living with purpose, whatever, they will sit there and will take a simple post on whatever social media platform and say, I know this person and that's why I don't like them. And that's what our, our um, generation has become. It's very fickle. And you can barely say anything without offending something. It is very sensitive. And I believe that when you hear someone who believes that all these guys are turning against them, say 43 years, would you snitch? You know what I mean? But but me, I would have never put myself in that predicament because I fortunately always saw the writing on the wall, the ending of the movie before it came. Okay, so speaking with that, so when New Jack City was in the 90s, uh, the music, the clothes, the attitude, Man. you know, he was the black Scarface. Yes. And, and you know, that, that's really who the character was was 
based after yeah. that that that. I mean, character. even think about Scarface. He uh, killed his best friend. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but we still love Scarface. That's, that's New Jack City. The, yeah. the, the, the movie is 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 the black adaptation of, of Scarface. Well, actually, it was based on a, a real actual um, drug dealer, Felix Mitchell, no. out there in the Bay Area. I'm saying when they filmed the movie. Yeah, I'm just they, saying, but, they, the, the idea. but I'm saying like the Carter. Like the, the, the that was like real, like the adaptation of that as well was some real, like true to life shit that was documented in Oakland. Yeah. Go ahead. So what that impact had on a generation of people who wanted to be Nino and in, in, in the whole nine. Yeah, we all wanted so, to be Gene Money or Nino Brown. So now, as they as they're talking about the remake, Rockabye Baby. As they're talking about the remake of, of remaking that movie, reboot, huh? For for this generation. Is this the type of stuff that we want remade? Now, and I'm not talking about our love for the original, because I, I honestly don't think you're going to get. I, I, who do we get? Michael B. Jordan going to play Wesley? I, I mean, I, I just don't even. <laughs> like, I, just don't, I don't even want to see. I think I think uh, Van Peebles struck gold on that one. Yeah. I think he swung, you know, for the fences and nailed it out the park with the casting, yep. with the dialogue, yep. with the culture, right? With like, yes. you know, when they right showed in the, when they read the opening scene, when yeah. they showed in the Jeep, it came out in 93, that, like, right? Yeah. Like, like, I think he just, it, hip hop culture the, was still being embraced. The, the soundtrack, it was like, blended of hip hop and R and B, the infused, what was it? Jack swing. What was it? Troop that was singing. And then it went nah, to Levert and then. Yep. Troop, troop. It was troop. It was troop and Levert together. When it was, when, yeah, it was like Troop was singing at the corner, then yeah. Levert was under the bridge, exactly. whatever. Like they just had perfect. like, like they, it, it was just perfect. I, I just remember the club scene when they first come. You had um, Dougie Fresh playing and yeah. Slick, Slick Rick, and then you had Guy in there. I think Mario Van Peebles just, just, just it was just, raw. Just, he just, he just and killed it. You were not going to be able to recapture that rawness because this era is not built, nor do they have that that um, flavor. To be able to I don't recreate the, that. I don't want to see the cast of Black Panthers New Jack City. Because <laughs> that's, that's who it's going to be. Everybody who's working right now, if black actors of relevance who was in Black Panther will be the cast of New Jack City. It's not going to work. I don't even know who the light-skinned brother they'll bring in. I don't even know who, I, who, who, listen, who, who the light-skinned now do that. And if you were going to do that, you should have done it two years after when it was still where you could have had a sequel, a good sequel that would have made sense. I'm just saying if yeah. you were, because there's certain movies that you don't touch. Remember when they went and they did Carlito's way. I, I heard about it. I didn't even watch it. Carli- then, involve, exactly. Yeah, involve, Carlito's way. The original was a classic with Al Pacino, of course. Yeah. Then they tried to Remember do me, Benny Blanco from the Bronx. <laughs> they tried to do the second version of it. And I still What's haven't been in that movie. Yeah, and I still haven't been able to watch that movie or really take it seriously because it's like Carlito's Revenge or some shit like that. Some shit should just be left alone. And New Jack City is one of those classic joints that is um, monumental in our black culture and our history for the goods and for the bads of it. But it really resonated in us so much because, one, we weren't getting movies like that. Um, Two, it, it, it really... Uh, 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 had some breakout stars in there, and it infused R and B and hip hop in such a way that had not been done yet. I feel like on um, uh, uh, a screen on the movies to where it really catapulted not only the actors but a lot of the entertainers that were there. They became household. The soundtrack names. is everybody's one hit wonder. Christopher Williams. I mean, color me bad. Color me bad. All I their mean, biggest hits. You thought their boys were all black, and yeah. then you come to find out, you get disappointed. Yeah, all the all their biggest hits came off that soundtrack. I'm just saying. 
I and I don't think you could. There's certain characters, dog. No one could. No one could ever play Bishop and Juice with Tupac. No one can ever play Nino Brown the way Wesley Snipes played him. Saying, I just who, don't see. Who's it. even? Uh, uh, just, just we just talked about who's even in the market to to be Nino Brown. Who's in the market to play Pookie uh, like Chris Rock did? Uh, I don't even know. Who played I don't know. He played, a, he played a real good role. He did. I'm just saying, who would be in the market to play G-Money? I think you could find a G-Money. I think, okay. yeah, G-Money. There's an uns- we, he's never been highlighted, but that's the unsung hero. Alan Payne. Get a little round Alan Payne. Alan Payne is an unsung hero. He, he's, he's, been, he's a journeyman and a he role was, player. He was, he, was, he was a hot pick for a 2.5 seconds. In that, But that, again... I mean, the wave of black movies that should have came out of that. And that's what I was frustrated about. We had some great quality movies and it just didn't get. He was the he was the second string light skinned cat. This is always he was winning. Cold Legends. Jason's Lyric. Yeah, Jason's Lyric was excellent. But it just didn't. Those folks weren't able to be able to get the kind of success that some of the other ones because there wasn't enough, you know, Movies in place for them to Life be. Light Brothers was out by the time he well, was, he I mean, was not only that, Not only yeah. Light Skin Brothers was out, but yeah. there wasn't enough movie direct black movie directors and producers to put out content that was being embraced by the larger, um, you know, what I'm saying movie studios. Also, with that being said, shots out to the brother Tyler Perry for getting his film studio black owned in Atlanta. That's now that that's black excellence right there. So hopefully that will change, and it's just not. A whole bunch of Tyler Perry uh, based films, but he will really engage into different um, black producers and directors. Yes, like a real studio and really have a lot more different content that we can really not have to have a remake, a redo of a classic that I don't think any of us, well, at least I don't want to redo because I can imagine the kind of fuckery this movie would bring. Yeah, because there's going to have to be the gay character. There's going to have to be. Uh, it's gonna be uh, CMB's got to be multicultural. Yep. You know, uh, old girls now gonna be Latina. Um, you know what I mean? It's gonna be they're gonna you gonna have to switch it up. Cause now when you talk about you know these pivotal movies and, and these personas that that we came to to become familiar with and and you know att- gravitate to, they're also talking about the remake of Set It Off, the uh, Jada Pinkett, Queen Latifah, uh, Vivica. A Fox and uh, who's the other sisters in that movie? Jada, cool. Jada, Vivica, Queen Latifah. Who's the fourth sister? Set it off. Um, Jada, she the fourth sister. It was funny. Uh, the fourth sister that was in there that we forgetting is the, the the one that actually blew up more than all of them aside to uh, like Queen Latifah. And Jada. Have any, but they're remaking that movie. So they're talking about remaking Set It Off. And oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, bro. Another movie that with Queen Latifah playing the role that she played, yeah. with Vivica Fox and all her beauty was playing the role that she played. Um, and I want to say it was Kimberly. Kimberly. Was it Kimberly Elise? Yeah, Kimberly Elise. Because she really blew up after that movie as well. Um, dog, no. Because you should have made the freaking sequel when Jada Pinkett left off and was on that freaking. Um, on the bus. On the bus. You should have did it two years after. Don't remake it now. Yeah, Kimberly Elise. I don't. I, I'm kind of uh, upset that they're even talking about uh, a Beverly Hills Cop remake. I'm kind of upset that they're talking about the Coming to America remake because I'm thinking in myself, 
Why didn't you do it when it was hot or the moment where we were still like in tune to it? Okay, so the, I think the coming to America thing, it makes a little more sense if the premise is Eddie with a grown son. So if if Eddie's to be a, if you know he met his wife in the first one, this this one his son is grown. Mm -hmm. So you needed to have at least you know you don't have to wait the full twenty you know twenty plus years, but you needed to give some time if that's really what you want to do. If you're aging everybody, because they're brought back, I think ninety five percent of the original cast. Wow. So it's like everybody's going to be aged that difference accordingly to do this movie. So that that one I I understand a little more than the rest of them. But redoing Beverly Hills Cop, the new Bad Boy movie, you know, another set it off, another, you know, uh, Bad Boy's a little bit different. I can kind of, I can kind of, uh, I can kind of feel Bad Boy. Okay, first off, y'all been doing this for twenty five years, and ain't nobody got a promotion. <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, y'all been detectives for twenty five years, ain't nobody made captain. Man, you know <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you better be Lieutenant Mike Lowry when he when he yeah, show up. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's gonna be that, brother. I mean, I that, no like I, I get it, but I mean, that, really, I get it, but I don't. Get Martin it. been trying to quit for the last fifteen years. I get he, it. But, he, is Martin gonna have the same sexy wife? I don't know. I don't. I would uh, Randall Teresa Randall. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't. Teresa yeah, Randall was a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if even if uh if she, how, how how deep. I know that the the white dude, the Captain, he's there in there. And Will and Martin. Well, I mean, listen. So I don't know what, but <laughs> if we do remakes, I mean, one remake that would be very relevant right now is Jungle Fever. We might as well fucking make Jungle Fever. That's every movie now, eh? I'm just saying. We might as well go ahead and just put it in and see Jungle Fever now. See how it works out this time. I, I, I'm just saying. Wouldn't that what Get Out was? <laughs> a little bit of what it was was that, and, that, and, that, uh, and then you have a so, different perspective of it. But in that, that ultimately was you have Jungle. You know, not Jungle Fever is not coming out, folks. But we have all those different remakes. There was a, some other remakes that they're about to do, like some other. Be I don't know why they're taking so long, but you know what I also think it is is because black culture is so damn prominent right now that they feel like they have an opportunity to just really make amends and make some real money. They were not trusting the value of the black dollar. Now they are, and they're taking a shot and saying, let's go for Gusto. Hey, they because got Rush Hour 4 coming? No, they don't. They're making Rush Hour 4. For what? Because Jackie Chan is still alive, and they want to make sure they get that money while he's still alive. And they're also trying to make another Friday, right? They've been trying to do that for like ever and ever in a day. Yeah, I think Cube going to have to pull the trigger on that and and just make it do it. Because they, they can't get Chris is what the issue is. Oh, Chris is still tripping? Uh, yeah. I thought he was already on, signed on board. Because mm -hmm. Cube don't pay nobody, and that's that's the problem. So, it, 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 shout out to Ice Cube because he, he is. Is it because he can't pay nobody because he ain't got the money, or he just can't he pay, pay nobody? nobody? He paid everybody five, roughly five thousand dollars to do the first Friday. Okay. And so then the movie went on to make you know thirty forty million off of that. So then, yeah, well he was rolling the dice on the first. So one, So then right? he got a budget to do the second one, and he only person he paid was John Witherspoon mm. because John had been around for the first one. Okay. So John got a six figure check to do the second one. Everybody else. That's when he brought in Mike Epps guys, yeah. and the new guy. So then he go to the third time around, and he just he brought John with him. John got a million dollar check 
John got like million or two million off that it's third game Friday. Right game right but then he brought in Cat Williams and all those guys. So uh, Mike Epps got a, a multi-picture deal instead of a bigger check. That's why he got all about the Benjamins and and some other programs with Q. Ah. So he, Q didn't have to break bread on on the check. <laughs> so Q knows how to keep getting people to come back to work. Without having, because uh, even AJ Johnson, who played Ezell, he wanted more money to do the second one. Cube said, uh, "We'll work on it," and then that's when he went and got Sticky Fingers to play Devo's cousin in the second one because he was new and he didn't have to pay him nothing. So Chris was making twenty million a movie doing Rush Hour and all that stuff. There's no way in hell he about to do no movie for no fifty thousand dollars. So he's like, "You want me to get? I'm making twenty million a piece, and I signed a three picture deal for Rush Hour." A sixty million off top from this one franchise, and you want me to come back and do? That's why we don't have shit, bro. Like this, that's why we don't have shit. Chris is like, nah, nah, man, because we don't go back and do this mess. I mean, just you talking about the story with Genuine and Tank yeah. and Tyrese, and now hearing this story, I don't know how you got this insider shit, but I appreciate you breaking down the analysis. <laughs> but when you hear that story, <clears throat> now you really understand on a business practice. Hell yeah. Don't do it, Chris. But yeah. as a fan, yeah. and that's I'm like, come on, dog. Keep trying to say, do it for the culture. Do it for the people. Chris is like, cut the check for the culture. You know, like, that's wild, dog. Like, he's like, what? Why? Like, why? I, I, gave, I came out the gates. I improv most of my Listen. scenes. I knocked it out. The, for the same reason why I would say don't remake New Jack City is the same reason why I would say Chris don't come back and do the Friday. And at the same time, Friday can't happen again. Here's the thing. Chris Tucker, 50 years old. Come on. Ice Cube is 50 years old. But what is he going... Is Craig still living at home? Like, <laughs> Just I mean, saying, come on, man. Like, <laughs> like, like, do they got kids now? I mean, what do we do with this shit? Yeah. Some so, of this stuff got to be sealed in a vault. It's a hood classic. It's a, 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 a classic that we will never forget. We salute it. Leave it alone. Don't break ground on it. It's not like the Avengers where you could tell a storyline after storyline, introduce more characters, some shit that needs to be left alone. But it's very, very interesting to me how a lot of these black movies, right? It's like they're exploiting black films in such a way because it makes more sense now for the status quo because you got a lot more black people in tune especially they just came out with a, a more original movie um called black and blue shots out to the brother Dion taylor who's from sacramento area um well not originally from sacramento but bases his kind of whole movement in sacramento and it just came out it was a pretty decent movie uh i liked it, it was some things in it i was like ah but at the same time you know, salute to all black directors and producers because we need more black content out there. And I like the, the idea of original content. Yes. Like, I, I get remakes and, and sequels is the same reason why, you know, they do it through. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a proven winner. Mm -hmm. You're playing the hits. Yeah. Like, what was like what radio was in, in its premise. Just, just play the hits. And, you know, they got Matrix 4 coming, coming back. You know, like, they just, you know, they just keep doing all these remakes and reboots and, and sequels. And I think, you know, for us, like we, we just gotta so like a Tyler Perry building his own lot to put out his and if you like Tyler Perry's content or not I respect the fact that he created his own stuff and, and, and puts out I'm not a big fan of his work per se like I just I, I you know he's but that's all it is. Yeah. I, I can respect the craft that he puts together, the hard work, the diligent effort. Yeah, I'm not. And, and, I'm and not I'm, there's I'm just, a lot of stuff I could throw away, but there's a lot of stuff I'd rather keep. And I'd rather see this big power move in a time of where we're constantly begging to fit in, whether it's the Oscars or something else, yeah. where we have 
a, a black man that said, I want to be revolutionary. I want to have my own um, big film because uh, big film studio because Hollywood wasn't allowing us. Yeah. Right. Hollywood was only allowing, OK, Eddie Murphy, we're going to give you a chance. Yeah. Uh, we're going to give uh, you a chance right now, Bill Cosby. Sidney Poitier, we'll, we'll deal with you. I mean, you you, you had to get chosen and some of some of them, um, you know, uh, uh, bit the holy grail, so to speak. And when you have to do that, when you can't align yourself with folks being able to tell our own stories the way it's being told in a true sense, not watered down and not um, shaken up for Hollywood, um, for Hollywood's eyes to kind of appreciate or value. To me, we have to be in charge of telling our authentic story. And that's why it's good that Tyler Perry made that move. OK, so on the business side. So we can sit there and say in this conversation that we understand why Chris Tucker wouldn't come back and do Friday. Like, why are you going to take that much of a pay cut? Stupid. Just because. And then you're and not then, getting anything on the back end. Yeah. And so then and even then I could say I respect Q for trying to keep your bottom line low so you can maximize profit <sighs> respect to get you other opportunities. Is there something to be said that should you should you do it for the culture? Like and what I mean by that is is that if you recognize that we our our representation isn't what it should be or could be, should we be taking losses maybe in the pocketbook for the greater good? I and, think. Go and, and the reason why I say this is because I always had the idea, the narrative, uh, music, telling hip hop. Everybody talks about how the Easy E N.W.A. deal went south. That Jerry Heller met Easy, and Jerry made a commitment to Easy E to take care of Easy. And this is, comes off of uh, Breakfast Club interview. One uh, lazy bone, no, busy bone, busy bone was, just did his interview, and I, and he said something in there that I had never really thought about, and it kind of goes into this. He said that whole issue where they broke up the Ice Cube problems, the the money stuff. He said Jerry's commitment was to Easy. Yeah. He took care of Easy, taught him the game, taught him the business, took care of him. He said the same reason why Dre didn't take care of the dog pound is the same reason why Ice Cube didn't owe Mac Ten half of the half of, you know. Half of the lot. He said these were business deals and those guys confused, you know, how tight we were with business. Yeah. So easy traded like a business. Jerry traded like a business. Cuban them got in their feelings. So when it comes to doing these business deals, should we should we be more focused on I'm a treat? I'm a treat you yeah. like they're going to treat yeah. you. I'm going to try to undercut you bare minimum yeah. to save my money. Or is there a part that should be like. Maybe I should give you a little more than I could, or maybe I should accept a little less than I might for the greater good of putting content out. Um, that's a hard one because I'm dealing with that as we speak, understanding that this is nothing to do with friendships. It's about business. And that's yep. with people that you consider friends because you assume that folks will. And that's why, again, I'm back on my bullshit because I can't assume nothing and I got to be on my own business because I can't expect the next man to help me eat. Yeah. In a perfect place and time, Easy would have taken care of the rest of the soldiers as Jerry was taking care of him, right? In a perfect place and time. Yeah. But in this cutthroat uh, committee that we're in, involving the emotions of things have to be limited when it comes down to business. You got to get your own shit and get your own shit correct. So I think that I'm more with Chris Tucker. It's like if you're not going to make me an initial partner, of this brand, like if I'm not going to have a 50-50 cut or at least something that's relative to the residuals that I will get that after you pay me, I can get a kickback. Yeah, That's not for the culture because I got to understand that too many people 
are being culture vultures that are for the culture, right? Yeah. We're, we're raping ourselves in a culture that we created. And I think that's why we don't elevate because we don't simply know how to be straight with each other. You and I will be thinking like, say, for instance, we're doing this podcast and right, you know, and let's say you're like the brains and the, the brains of this. Right. But let's say I'm the person that folks really want to tune into. Right. But you're the one that set it all up. Now you got a secret deal. My friendship with you is thinking, OK, you're going to tell me about that. But my business side would be like, hey, everything good? Like, you know, we got anything going on so yeah. we can be right with the business Then we can kind of be like, all right, well, if we do get picked up, it's a 50 50 or well, because I did A, B and C, you know, this is where your cut will be and this is where my cut will be. And I don't think that because we get so in tune to the friendship and sometimes the fun of it as well as we ain't making no money off this anyway. Think about it. Yeah. Friday was a fucking gamble. That could have been the first and last movie of Ice Cube. Yeah, they Faison loves the interview. He said right him and uh Chris Tucker went to do went to do a premiere. Cube didn't even go to the premiere, this particular one. He said, Yeah, Cube didn't want to be attached to this because it's a garbage movie. And Chris Tucker and Faison Love went to the premiere and they left early because they they didn't want to have to listen to the comments <laughs> yes. of, of the crowd by telling this is some garbage, would you do yeah. it? They left and were heading for the car and when the movie was over, they heard all this yelling and screaming in the theater. They're like, they booing us in there. Yeah. I'm we, run. And the, they said the lady had to run down the hallway and say, what are you doing? Where are you going? Come back. They're like, well, I ain't going to stand in front of that firing squad. They're like, no, they're cheering. Yeah. They're hollering. They yeah. love the movie. They love, they they think it's great. Uh, so yeah, they, 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 you know, keeps, I, you know, and then nobody think they had a hit, I, a hit, you know, exactly. And I think that's what it ends up happening. It ends up happening. Sometimes we do things that are our hobbies. We do, we do things that we're like, yeah, it would be great if we made it, but eh, I'm just going to go do it. So the business isn't handled. But then when it does start making sense yeah. and I've been a part of too many things, what I've learned in my short time, too many collaboratives where there's too many, um, uh, individuals or too many entities makes it a bad collaborative yeah. a collaboration like you and i have both bringing our brand together is something more simple because it's you and me having to deal with each other and if we have to do other things like your lawyer my lawyer it will make sense compared to like well we got tony tucker over here we got to talk to janet over here we got to talk to uh libra over there okay so so take tyler perry he's got his lot and now you've got all Spike Lee got a movie coming out. Uh, Ryan Coogler got a movie. Uh, all these black directors and producers looking to do some stuff. Tyler's got the newest movie studio. So essentially, he's got the most up to date versions of things mm -hmm. for, for a lot. Should he charge you the same, less or more than what the Warner Brothers lot would be? I would hope he gives a discount. The, you know what I'm like, that, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Like, he gives like that black player discount. Like if, man. He, if, if, if all of a sudden Ryan Coogler is like, okay, I, I got this movie idea. I want to film. I want to spend my money with you, but you're gonna charge me two million dollars to do film all my stuff here, whereas Warner Brothers is gonna charge me two point two. Mm -hmm. Or no, 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 Warner Brothers. Everybody's gonna charge me two million dollars, and I get to choose. C can you do it for one point eight? Mm. We always going to ask for the player price for the. Or player. if Warner Brothers is going to do it for one point eight, should I pay the two because it's to you? It all depends on what kind of. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, Warner Brothers right now is a more of a brand than Tyler. But if, but if I'm saying like, if all things say all things are are, are are equal for for what we can do, 
should Tyler, like, I mean, if we're in a position where we're trying to build with each other and all that stuff, I know the first thing we say is I shouldn't give a hookup because I'm black. If you respect my quality and respect my craft, you should pay what my prices are. But, but sometimes if, black people really overprice. And that but then if I'm market. looking at the market and I'm like, yeah, I get that. But you also understand that there's not that many of me doing what we do. Yeah. And if you can get more of us out there, if you drop your price a little bit, you know what I'm saying? I'm just wondering, like, on that. It's a catch-22, and it makes it very, relatively hard as me being a black business owner and just an entrepreneur as you. Um, our people make it difficult. And I believe that for me, I just don't market to black people, even though my dominating market is black people. I am very pro-black, but I'm not going to sit there and, you know, give a side eye to other people's money's coming in because ain't nothing because guess what just as many black people watch friday as white people watch friday more that, white, more white people okay watch you know yeah. and, and, and what they try to yeah. do is um i don't know um did uh days and confused company came after friday right i believe right before did it come before? It before. Okay, so we, we probably basically looked at Days and Confused and sat there and said, let's try to do that. Maybe it's about to say, eh, Days I was thinking of another. There was Dave Chappelle. It might have came. Well, Half-Baked came later. It was, no, that's what I'm saying. Half-Baked. Half-Baked came after, right? And I believe Half-Baked was kind of like, Friday took a, a gamble at something that Cheech and Chong did and made popular. So I feel like everything Days came and after. Confused was in 93. Friday was in 95. Okay, so Days and Confused first and then Half-Baked. And then Half-Baked came out in 98. So it okay. went Days and Confused, then it went Friday, then it went Half-Baked. So I'm sure Half-Baked looked at Friday and said, we can go, kind of ride off the momentum. Dave was disappointed in Half-Baked, too. I remember when he came back. He right? said, I, you, made a, you made a weed movie for children. <laughs> he, he, wasn't, then, he wasn't happy with the final. Outcome. And then How High was able to find the momentum yeah. from, you know, yeah. uh, Friday. So in a sense of looking at what we feel culturally, what we should do as black people, always support, always build, always buy. But sometimes bottom line in business, this is what we should do. We should never sell ourselves short, but we should always, no matter if we're going to a black person, to a white person or Mexican, we should never ever sell our imprints, our black blueprints, and we should never sell our narrative to where they can dilute our narrative and say, okay, well, we like the movie, but we changed this. You want this actor? It should always say, nah. And if it goes to a point where, well, these are the changes we want. If you want to put your movie out, I say go independent and do it the way so it always remains intact. Because I guarantee you, when Ice Cube pitched this, the, the movie to a bunch of studios, they probably was like, hell no. Or like, well, if we can do this, well, let's go get this hot late actor. And he was like, nah, I don't want to do none of that shit. So to me, I feel like black people, we get more later down the line if we remain independent and working with each other. I think this stuff is important, being real focused on the narratives that we share, the stories that we have to tell, working with each other and, and, and making tough decisions. It's, it's, it's hard to do it at times, but, you know, we, we, we got to get out here and do it for ourselves, do it for the people, do it for the culture. The do stuff, it for the culture! Stuff that we have to address, that we got to look at, and definitely something we got to say something about. This has been Say Something Podcast. I'm Jermaine Morris. Where can folks find you online? Barry Axius. Barry Axius, IG, uh, Facebook. Um, as well as Twitter and of course Black Blueprints with a Z dot com and Black Blueprints with a Z Facebook and IG all Black Blueprints baby I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook every other social media platform is at J Morris CEO this has been Say Something Podcast yes sir yes sir yes sir till next show holla we will holla at you later peace